0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 26, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Despite his best efforts, Democratic U.S. Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon can't seem to get the federal government to give him even a ballpark figure of how many Americans are having their communications harvested by the feds. He detailed the trouble at the Cato Institute yesterday. The importance of the events of last week are essentially twofold. The first is... Last week was the first instance where the government has admitted that there is a violation of Fourth Amendment privacy rights that has taken place. That's essentially the first significant news from last week. The second part of those news is this is the first time that the government has stated that the FISA court has reached the judgment that the uh, spirit of the FISA Amendments Act has also been violated. So these were the important findings, in my view, of last week. They came about largely because I asked the intelligence community to declassify statements that I believed were true. I asked them in a classified way so you get a sense of how sensitive and arduous the task is to constantly push these efforts to declassify documents and have some transparency and have some accountability. Is So I submitted them in classified form. I asked that they be declassified. And the two statements that I've given you Reflect essentially what the government uh, was willing to declassify that for the first time uh, They've admitted that there's been a violation of the Fourth Amendment uh, Constitutional uh, right to privacy and also for the first time they have said that in their view uh, What the FISA court has stated that the FISA Amendments Act the spirit of the law has also been uh, violated as well so this, in my view, sets the backdrop now for an important debate that I hope is going to take place in the fall. I'm going to do everything I can to advance in the fall. The FISA Amendments Act, as all of you know, is up for reauthorization in the fall. I have put a public hold on the bill. It is my uh, longstanding policy. Actually, Senator Grassley and I authored the proposal which eventually became law requiring that senators who put holds do it publicly but even before that it was my long-standing uh, Policy to announce that I was uh, putting a public hold on a piece of legislation that I felt strongly about I have done that with respect to the FISA amendments act and with that there will be an opportunity for a real debate in the fall and I think the two uh, disclosures that I've cited that were made last week, I think sort of sets the table for a different kind of debate. Uh, I can just tell you from the standpoint of putting my cards on the table as as we uh, begin, I think before this law is reauthorized, the public ought to be able to see more information about its impact on the privacy rights of law-abiding Americans, one. And I think protections for the privacy rights of law-abiding Americans needs uh, to be strengthened. So that's sort of how I come to this in terms of what I'm working on as it relates to what will be on the floor in the fall and the backdrop of what happened last week. Now, let's spend a couple of minutes so that everybody at least is... uh, Square in terms of what the background is here and how we got in uh, to this place As you all know if a law enforcement uh, agency has a compelling a compelling uh, Bit of evidence that an American is a serious uh, criminal the officers go uh, to a judge to get a warrant to tap that individual's uh, phone and anybody who watches the wire or NCIS she kind of got a pretty good idea already of how all that works now what people sometimes Forget is that the police officers on these shows and of course in real life are building on Something that the founding fathers thought was sacred ground and that was the fourth uh, amendment what uh, was a bedrock uh, you know principle that the government couldn't violate Americans' privacy with unreasonable searches and seizures. So in effect, if you wanted to get a warrant to search somebody's house, you had to show a judge. You had to show a judge that there was probable cause that you would, after the search, find evidence of a crime. Pretty brilliant concept, as usual. Founding fathers got it pretty much right, because it simultaneously protects individual uh, privacy, while at the same time saying to the government you know, when you believe that there is evidence to believe that uh, a criminal is engaging in something that threatens public safety, the government's in a position to have a process uh, to proceed. Now, to me, the next part of the discussion starts really in the uh, 70s with Congress passing a law to govern wire, govern wiretapping for intelligence purposes. That, of course, was the FISA legislation It allowed the government to get a warrant For somebody, if there was evidence that that person was a spy or a member of an international terrorist group, even if they had not committed a crime as yet, it was based pretty much on the same concepts of warrants, probable cause, and it, of course, uh, continues to be used today. After 9-11, the Bush administration decided that it needed additional surveillance authorities. They said, we've got to have additional surveillance authorities beyond what is in the FISA statute. Now, unfortunately, instead of asking the Congress to change the law, the Bush administration came up with a warrantless wiretapping program that, as we've come to know, operated in secret for a number of years. This, of course, like everything else, as I constantly tell my colleagues, eventually becomes public and there was a huge uproar. And many of my constituents certainly were livid when they learned about the warrantless wiretapping program, as were people on the Hill. So at that point, there was a pretty passionate debate. Congress passed the FISA Amendments Act of 2008. That replaced the warrantless wiretapping program with new authorities for the government to collect the phone calls and emails of those who were believed to be foreigners uh, outside the United States. The centerpiece of that act, and a big part of my concern, is a provision that has come to be known as Section 702 of the FISA statute. That's the provision that gave the government the new authorities to collect the communications of people who are believed to be foreigners outside the United States. And unlike the traditional FISA authorities and unlike the wiretapping authorities, it did not involve requiring that law enforcement and intelligence uh, officials obtain individual warrants. For this reason, it contains language, language that is specifically intended to limit the government's ability to use these authorities to deliberately spy on law-abiding Americans. Congress also put an expiration date on these new authorities. That was designed to make sure that there would be ongoing and continuous review. And of course, that next expiration date is December 2012, which is why I have put this hold on the legislation that has passed out of the Intelligence uh, Committee and will be debated uh, undoubtedly in the fall. So when Congress comes back in the fall, the question is going to be, should the FISA Amendments Act be renewed as it stands, or is it appropriate to make reforms? And Senator Mark Udall, another strong privacy supporter, is on the committee, we tried to, in effect, kickstart the debate last summer asking questions uh, about the law's impact on the privacy of Americans. In particular, Senator Udall and I focused on the fact that since 702 was targeted at people outside the United States, it was our argument that it was important for Congress and the public to get an understanding, really a rough understanding, of approximately how many people inside the United States have had their private communications collected under the authorities. And my sense is it's not hard to figure out what the issue is. If only a handful of people inside the United States have had their phone calls and um, emails collected under Section 702, then I think Americans walk away and say there's not a substantial question of their privacy rights uh, being in jeopardy. On the other hand, if a large number of people inside uh, our country have had their communications collected and reviewed under the statute, then I think people are going to walk away and say, hey, I'll hold on here. Maybe this is a law that needs to be reformed, and protections for the privacy rights of Americans ought to be strengthened. So after that, Really, in last July, Senator Udall and I wrote to the Director of National Intelligence, and we said, we'd like an estimate. We would like an estimate of the number of Americans who've had their phone calls and emails collected by our government under these new authorities. And the response we got, and I'll quote here, is, It's not reasonably possible to identify the number of people located in the United States whose communications may have been reviewed under the authority, under the authority of FISA. So you can probably imagine Senator Udall and I didn't think that was a particularly helpful response. We made it clear that we were not after a precise count of how many people have had their privacy impacted by 702, but that it ought to be possible to at least get a rough estimate of how big this number is. So last month, in what is really one of the more remarkable statements I've heard in my time in public service, the leadership of the NSA said that trying to come up with this estimate would in itself violate the privacy of US persons. <laughs> now, you kind of scratch your head, and you know, you remember the days when people said to save the village you had to destroy it and that sort of thing. But even by Washington, Allison Wonderland standards. This seems kind of far-fetched. How exactly does it violate privacy rights to give a ballpark estimate of how many people have had their communications swept up in that? So I've been pretty outspoken about my saying, I don't think that passes the smell test, and we are going to press. For more transparency on this point, and I hope we'll be able to persuade intelligence officials that more needs to be uh, shared with the public, and to expect Americans to say that even a ballpark, you know, estimate—a ballpark estimate of how many have had their communications, you know, swept up—somehow is a offensive violation of individuals' privacy. That that is just too far-fetched even by Washington kinds of standards. Senator Ron Wyden represents Oregon in the U.S. Senate. You can watch the full event on government harvesting of Americans' communications at our website, Cato.org.